Hello, and welcome to another episode of Kill Your Yo-Yo. My name is Ross Levine, and this episode is brought to you, as always, by Illinks. I am doing sort of a weird off-season, uh, off I guess, episode. On the off weeks where I don't have a guest, I want to just talk to you guys one-on-one. Uh, first of all, to make sure that I'm able to get one podcast out every week, and also uh, just to be able to maybe take in some of the thoughts that I've had from talking to the guests and, and then share, you know, expand out on those. So I want to tell you today about an incredible experience that I had, which was um, I got to work backstage at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Now, the Magic Castle, the Magic Castle for those of you who don't know, is um, a really, really fun place. It's one of my favorite places. I grew up going there. My grandpa was a member, and then I became a junior member, and then I went to college and stopped paying my dues, and now I'm about to become a member again uh, be- because I, I have to audition stuff again. Uh, but it's an amazing place, and what it is is a imagine a comedy club that's extremely exclusive. You have to be a member or the guest of a member or the guest of a performer to uh, to get in. So either a member or a performer, you have to be their guest. Uh, and it's also where all of the best magicians in the world perform. It's If you ask any magician in the world, they will know about the Magic Castle. Uh, anybody who does magic, they, they know about this place. It's It's a very, very uh, like, world-famous organization. There's one other thing that's even kind of like it in London called the the Magic Circle, but uh, it's a little bit different in that it's, it's sort of less of a club atmosphere. Anybody can go. It's not open every day. Uh, it, it's more of a performing area than uh, what the Magic Castle is. Magic Castle is also the clubhouse for what is known as the Academy of the Magical Arts, which is sort of, if you imagine, the, the Academy Awards for uh, for movies. It's similar. It's it's one organization that gives out awards to magicians uh, who who perform, and so yeah, it's a really really well known organization. One other thing about it, Di Vernon. If you know anything about magic, you know Di Vernon's name. He created a lot of the magic that you see. Um, a lot of the basic tricks that people learn, <clears throat> Di Vernon invented those, and he used to go to the club all the time. So, it's a place that's very, very near and dear to my heart, and my friend Elliot is currently a a big deal there. He is a, a performer, and I am, I happened to go to school with him. I was in his same grade, in his same major after freshman year. We both transferred majors and ended up as manufacturing engineers at Cal Poly, and so I just had the, the, the lucky chance to, to be his friend, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to help him backstage, and, and work tech on his show, and I said yes. Uh, now, I promise, all of this is going somewhere that has to do with yo-yoing. I, I promise. Uh, just let me get there. Um, because while I was backstage, which I got all the rights of a performer at the castle, it's a really, really fancy place, and so, like, the performers get a butler, and they get free food. I had, like, $400 uh, dollars to spend on free food, at, and it's Magic Castle food, so the entrees are, like, 20 to $40 dollars. So it was like, it was incredible. I was eating cheesecake every day. It was the best cheesecake I've ever had. Um, I spent all $400 of, of that money and I kept calling it Magic Castle Fun Bucks. It was, it was a very good time. So I, I had that and I got to interact with 
some magicians that I've looked up to for forever. Um, I got to speak with the booker for the Magic Castle, whose name is uh, Jack Goldfinger, and he used to be uh, an illusionist like in the 70s, and now he's just this amazing man with all this experience and all these little knowledgeable lines that he kept dropping. Uh, he, he was incredible. And so all these people that I got to see, it was, it was amazing. Uh, it, was, it was really amazing. And I, I was also working uh, during this. So I was working in the day for nine hours and then going straight to the castle and staying there until 1 a.m., then waking up again at 5 a.m. Uh, and you might be wondering, is there any downside Yes, there was absolutely downside. This was right during the uh, COVID surge, and I right now uh, have Omicron. I tested positive yesterday, so less happy about that. But if you hear me clearing my throat, that's because that's why. Uh, anyway, I still needed to share all of what happened with you because I learned so much during this week, and it was just such an incredible experience. I also want to open the offer if there are any yo-yoers who are listening to this. Uh, once I'm a member, I should be within three to six months. Uh, hit me up, and if you're ever in LA, I will bring you, happily, I will bring you and show you everything that is the castle. Uh, you will see the best magic in the world. Now, I want to share three people that I met and some things that I learned from them. That's what I want this episode to be about. Uh, there was a conversation that I had which I, I was yo-yoing around the castle and people kept going, wow, you're yo-yoing. We've never seen yo-yoing like that. Oh, I used to have a Duncan back in my day. Oh yeah, it was a butterfly. Oh, this one has a bearing. That's so neat. How do you, how do you make it come back up? You know, that conversation. So I, I was doing that. And, uh, one of the conversations I had, someone was like, do you compete? And I said, well, not really, but I love yo-yoing. Uh, and I kind of love performative yo-yoing a performative style of yo-yoing. Uh, and then I explained it to him. I was like, you know how magic competitions, which by the way, for you guys listening, there are magic competitions. Magic competitions are very focused on pleasing the judges, on being fast, on being uh, really, really good at the tricks and not necessarily on being the most entertaining. It's a very technical style that uh, appeals to magicians, but not necessarily the general public. And if you can amaze the magicians, you might win the the competition. But something that mazes of magicians isn't necessarily the most entertaining thing in the world. So I was explaining it in those terms to him, and he immediately understood uh, what that's like. Uh, which to me means that all of the theory of being uh, slightly opposed to the style that competitions are set up uh, is not just a yo-yoing thing. That is probably true for everything. I'm sure that that's true within the athletics community of, like, like gymnasts, like... Uh, it, People who are able to do the best at the Olympics aren't necessarily the most creative and innovative. They're just the best at playing the game, uh, which, again, doesn't speak anything worse to them. But I'm sure that that sort of situation is true for many, many communities. Um, the fact that I kept having that conversation, people kept immediately understanding, uh, points to me that we now have a little bit more evidence this isn't just a yo-yoing thing. It's just a phenomenon of competition. Built into it is rules, and rules mean, I mean, they, they have to mean less innovation because you have to be following the rules. And the rules are written at a previous time when the competition, when the sport existed, and so it's not using the most cutting-edge technology of the sport. It just has to be that way. So anyway, uh, that was one thing that I acknowledged. Now, let me get into the people that I met. <clears throat> the first one was Pop Hayden. He is one of my favorite uh, magicians, just ever. He is a seven-time award winner. 
uh, and used to be vice president of the Magic Castle. He has this incredible character that's like a 1910, 1870s style uh, scam artist who you might see at like a, a carnival or something. And they would give themselves uh, names like like Pop or uh, or or or. or uh, uh, oh, I can't think of any other ones. He, he gave me a list of all these names that they would use, but their names, oh, like Professor uh, would be another one. Just names that immediately, once you hear about them, uh, you go, oh, this is someone that I'm supposed to respect because people are calling him uh, Professor. People are calling him Doc. People are calling him Pop. Uh, all these things uh, that scam artists used to use to, to get people to acknowledge their them as, as some authority so that they could then scam them for all their worth. That is what Pop's whole character is based around. And <clears throat> he's great at playing it. He's incredible at playing a character. I very much recommend you go online and look up his uh, Tantalus Tubes act. If you look up uh, Pop Hayden, that's P-O-P-H-A-Y-D-N, uh, and then Tantalus, which is T-A-N-T-U-L-A-S, I believe. I could be a little bit wrong there. But if you even if you get Tant, you'll you'll find it. Um, <clears throat> so Tantalus Tubes. Talking to him was amazing. I've looked up to him for years. Uh, I actually do his linking, li linking ring routine, um, as well as like a few of his other routines. I just love everything that he does. Uh, so some that he's able to do is create a really incredible character. Um, and that's something that I've talked about for yo-yoing before. It's something that I don't think we do so much <clears throat> in yo-yoing. Because yo-yoing is so exhibitionist is probably the wrong word to use there, but it, it's all about showing the tricks that you know so far um, in the community down to like long video edits and Instagram videos. You're just showing off the tricks that you know, and that is definitely part of yo-yoing. I'm sure it's a part of also like juggling like that's been around for years and years, and it's still all about the tricks, but there are jugglers who who break that mold and who have a character, and who talk to their audience, um, and then create these amazing shows based around a character, instead of just uh, the visuals of the, of, of, the, of the show. So, Pop is the greatest at taking a simple trick, implementing his character into it, and then changing how that trick is perceived, and breathing new life into it. So, what that means is, uh, if you are yo-yoing, in front of people, uh, like in your day-to-day -day life, you're probably explaining to them, oh, this is a modern-day yo-yo, it's, uh, it's made of aluminum, it has a bearing, it has pads rather than starburst, you're explaining all those things, all of that <clears throat> is kind of what I'm talking about, it's having your character, you don't want to go up and, and start yelling at them and be like, oh, you, you damn idiot, you don't know anything about modern yo-yoing, you must be some kind of noob, I bet you can't even bind, like, that would definitely be a character choice, but you don't want to do that, so, uh, so every time that you're talking to anybody about yo-yoing, you are being a character, and you are entertaining them, really, in that moment, you're informing them about what yo-yoing is, and entertaining them by telling them this new information that they might not have known, and that is all character work. You're not just sitting there and showing them tricks, necessarily. Of course, you want to show them a trick. Um, I always do some kind of fast thing, and then I, I always, always, always end on a DNA bind, uh, a finger spin, you know the thing, you know the thing. I always end on that because it's it's the best trick that you can do with a 1A yo-yo. Everybody loves how it looks, and no matter what you think of that trick, it's the best trick that you can do with a 1A yo-yo. 
If you're a magician, it's the ambitious card routine of yo-yoing. Um, <clears throat> so, point being, have some scripted out parts. Don't be afraid to, to do a yo-yo performance, even at a competition, even if you know it's going to make you lose. Go up and, and give a performance. Have some, like, comedy. Add some jokes. Test it out in open mics first. You don't want to go... I mean, prepare for it the same way that you would prepare for a yo-yo competition. Prepare your lines. Prepare uh, your character. Work and write and rewrite and work on tricks that go well with that character. Have it be fully integrated and you you could completely change the way that people see yo-yoing. Like, completely. That could completely change how yo-yo competitions even happen. Uh, magic competitions, people have scripts. It's not just them doing trick after trick after trick. It's them going up and doing an act, something that's meant to entertain people. Even if you look at Penn and Teller Fool Us, they're not just there doing a trick. They always establish a character and they always do something that's uh, unique. So they have a script as well. And I know that that's true. <clears throat> Because I've heard Penn and Teller talk about it, and they make sure that everyone who appears on their show does that, because that's what makes good magic. It's also what makes good yo-yoing, but yo-yoers don't know that yet. For some reason, we think that yo-yoing is all about doing the fastest, most bouncy, most boingy trick, and it's not. To be able to connect to an audience, you need to bring everything that theater has invented, and Pop Hayden is able to do that with magic. So I recommend you go watch him. Uh, he also acknowledges his audience and speaks with them one-on-one -on -one and just acknowledges that they're there and their reactions. And that's so, so, so important for anyone, even if you're just competing and doing the fastest thing. You need to just script in moments where you acknowledge that there's an audience there watching you live. So that's what I learned from Pop Hayden is uh, establish your character, acknowledge your audience, and add some speaking and comedy to what you do because it's not all about the tricks the simplest trick can be made brand new by changing how you talk about them. Now, next is David Goldrake. Um, he is a, I believe, Las Vegas headliner, and he is a, an illusionist. So an illusionist is, there's like close-up magic, which is card and coin tricks and like little things that you do right in front of people uh, going from table to table at a restaurant or something like that, or walking around a party doing that. So that's close-up. And then there's stage, uh, which is like, uh, you know, doves and silks and fire and and uh, pulling little billiard balls out of the air. And, and linking rings is definitely a stage trick. And then there's illusions, <clears throat> which is sort of a subset of stage magic. But that's the, uh, the big boxes, the big things that you really have to transport around. Uh, that's the... You know, when you cut a woman into three segments and then move the, the middle part of her to the left so that there's a big space there. Or uh, so all the cutting ladies in half things, that's all illusion. And the uh, uh, making people float and disappear and, uh, you know, walk through one door on one side of the stage and emerge from the other side of the stage and walk through panes of glass. You know what I'm getting at. So these are illusions. And he does those at... Uh, in Las Vegas. So this is someone who is near the top of the magic world. So take what they say for with all of the weight that that holds. This is someone who is near the top of the professional magic performance world. Um, I, I had just the, the absolute privilege of getting to talk to him a lot this week. And some of the main things that I learned from him 
are one. <clears throat> Keep up appearances. So, um, uh, takes two. Oh yeah, and to do whatever it it takes to feel confident uh, with yourself. So, what that means is he was once talking to Siegfried of Siegfried and Roy, who they're the the tiger magicians. They do big illusions with tigers, uh, and then one of them got bit by a tiger. Uh, so that's kind of unfortunate, but anyway, he was talking to Siegfried and Roy and he noticed that Siegfried, when he didn't have his shoes on, was a lot shorter. And then he started looking at Siegfried's shoes and realized that he had made them a little bit taller. He'd made himself taller by adding a little bit, just like a spacer in his shoes on the heel. And so what that did for Siegfried is it made him feel more confident in himself because he walks around all day uh, feeling short, or let's say. Let's say maybe you're not actually short, but you, you might feel like it and you might feel like that. Like if you're trying to perform for people and you're a lot shorter than them and they're all looking down on you, maybe you feel like you're not at their same level and there's a, all those power dynamics that start to happen in those situations. So, <clears throat> and this is just the example that he was telling me. I'm I myself am not short and don't want to speak on behalf of all short people. This is coming from a short person who's also at the top of the magic game. So it doesn't matter what what your height is. I'm sure you all know this. Now, moving on. um, (laughs) If you feel inadequate in any way, that that might affect how your yo-yoing comes across to an audience. If you feel short, then do whatever it takes to make yourself feel tall, even if that means adding little spaces on your shoes. There was another thing. Siegfried even put spacers inside of his shoes. So he had some that was visible and some that was invisible to people. I personally wear these really thick boots, and I'm not even short. I I just do, um, I mean, I I wear them for the ankle, ankle support, but they also make me taller. Uh, and maybe that adds a little bit to my confidence. Who knows? Point being, if you are performing, you want to bring your best self. That was also something I heard from Arthur Trace, who is another very well-known magic performer. Um, you always want to bring your absolute best self to your performance. Um, Arthur was talking about that in the context of studying theater to become better at magic, which, by the way, you should definitely study theater to get better at yo-yoing. Oh, there's so much you can learn. So, um, point is, if you, if you maybe feel like your yo-yo isn't spinning long enough, get another yo-yo. Get the best yo-yo there is and buy five of them so that you always have one ready to go and ready to make you feel the confidence that you need. Do whatever it takes. If your favorite yo-yo is made by a company that you're not sponsored by, then drop your sponsorship. And go use that yo-yo. It doesn't matter what company you're affiliated with. It matters how you present. It matters what the what the audience perceives you as. And uh, nothing at all, I strongly believe, nothing should come in between you feeling confident and, and your performance. So eliminate all those barriers. There's another thing that David was talking about. Uh, he... <laughs> He was about to do a performance and he just put on like 10 pounds because, you know, how weight is, it fluctuates. But he was at a sort of a higher end of his weight and 
it, it was making him feel a little bit unconfident because, you know, he, he was bigger than he used to be and he was about to go and, and show himself where, you know, magic is like acting, that you are your instrument, all that stuff. So uh, his instrument felt out of tune and didn't look right to the audience. He didn't have that same... Uh, that, that that same feeling that he, he would like to portray to the audience because you want to look like the perfect person when you're presenting your magic. And in our society, that perfect person is a certain weight, certain height, uh, all that stuff. So to fix that, he <laughs> he talked to the person who was working on the, behind the stage and she had some experience in the modeling world and she taped his stomach she just took gaffer's tape and wrapped it around his stomach so that he came across looking skinnier. And I'm not saying that this is what you should do, but uh, at all. Like, I'm not at all saying that these are the lengths that you need to go to. But, uh, but that's what he did. And he is at the top of his game. And if that's something that will make you confident for that performance, then do it. If you feel like you have acne, I've had acne for a long time, go ahead and use makeup. No one's going to care. All magicians use makeup. Every single magician that I saw today or, or this week, they all use makeup, all of them, before the, before their performances. There are magicians who, uh, close-up magicians, where your hands have to look perfect, they will use nail polish to make sure that their nails look shiny and perfect, and they, they get manicures to make sure that they that they look their best. So do whatever it takes to feel the most confident, whether that's getting new clothes, uh, losing weight, uh, adding height in your shoes, uh, putting on makeup, like do whatever it takes to become the character that you want to portray in your yo-yoing because you are doing theater and theater implies costuming. All of this is really just costuming. It's different kinds of makeup uh, and, and things to, you know, build the aesthetic that you want to build just for that performance. In day-to-day -day life, ignore all of this, uh, of course. You, you don't want to walk around with your stomach taped <laughs> that that would be insane. Now, uh, <clears throat> here's another thing that he brought up, that David Goldrake brought up. He talked about um, the difference between stressing tricks and being entertaining first. And this ties back to what I was talking about with Pop Hayden. It doesn't really matter um, what how good you are at yo-yoing. Because to any non-yo-yoer, you are the best yo-yoer that you have ever seen. Some I realized while at the castle, we were bringing in, we were filling a 100-seat theater over and over and over and over. Elliot did um, three shows a night for the week and then six shows a night each day of the weekend. So that's, what, 15 plus 12, 27 shows. That's 2,700 people, almost 3,000 people, and a big percent of them had never been to the castle before. They'd never seen good magic before. And that's the Magic Castle, which has been in existence for, you know, decades. And they're still able to fill a 100-seat theater every night of the week. Every single night they are open. They are open right now. I'm recording this at 8.50 on a Monday. They are open right now and people are seeing magic for the first time at the castle. So, you are the first person that almost anybody on the street has ever seen yo-yoing. Think about that. You're the first person that they've ever seen in person doing good yo-yoing. So it doesn't matter what tricks you do. You can do boingy boing. You can do trapeze. In the 50s, 
uh, it might not be the 50s, it might be the 70s, I forget, I forget exactly when this was, and I'm going to be called out on this, uh, there was the Smothers Brothers, Tommy Smothers, and he did a yo-yo routine called the Yo-Yo Man, and it was a really entertaining thing, and the hardest trick that he did, besides, uh, Pocket Rocket, where you shoot the, the yo-yo up in the air and then catch it in your pocket, uh, the hardest trick that he did was trapeze. That was the hardest trick that he did because he was using an unresponsive yo-yo and or a, a responsive yo-yo. And most people think that yo-yos are always responsive. So trapeze is a really incredible trick to people who don't know that these yo-yos come back up. There are ways to make an unresponsive yo-yo look responsive and then just lie. You can say, oh yeah, yeah, I yo-yo. Here, look, it comes up and down. It comes up and down. Now let me show you a really cool trick. Here's trapeze. Oh, this is such an impossible trick. This has took me years to master, which is honestly true about trapeze. If you're doing it, you might not have mastered it. You might just be good at it. There are there are nuances to every single yo-yo trick. But tell the people and have confidence when you say this, this is a really, really hard trick. Let me try it. And then you go and you do it and you land it. And they will react because they'll believe you. And then if you want to, you can either end your performance there or you can go, now let me try to land something that I've rarely ever landed before. I'll try it. This one's really, really tough. And then you do boingy boing or Eli hops. All of the simplest tricks to us are impossible to people who don't understand yo-yoing because they don't know yo-yoing. They don't know what's hard and they rely on you to tell them and they will react to whatever you tell them. That, <laughs> all of magic relies on that fact that audiences will rely on whatever you tell them. They'll believe you even if you're fully telling them, I am a liar and I'm here to lie to you. And uh, now let me tell you some lies and entertain you with them. That's all magic is. So so you can do that in yo-yoing and adopt that. And the point being, don't focus on the tricks that you're doing. Focus on being entertaining and using your script to promote that entertainment. <clears throat> now, the last person that I want to tell you about is my friend, Elliot Hunter. Uh, his his non-stage name is Elliot Hofferth. But no one knows how to spell that, so he uses his middle name, Hunter. He does magic full-time, and he has been doing that. He did that all through college. He was performing uh, at our school. He was going down to the castle to perform every month. Uh, he was, uh, and so he's really, really good. He was taught by Jeff McBride, who was another Vegas magician. So uh, he has this very Las Vegas showy stage style. And when I first saw him perform, I didn't have... I didn't really have any knowledge of stage magic and anything that went into it. I was only ever taught close-up, and that's always been my passion, was close-up magic, uh, sleight of hand with cards and coins. And he does these, like, very big things with silks. There's a th th there's parts of his show where he just, like, th throws... He, he, like, shows... Uh, okay, here. He, he has three silks, and then he... Uh, put some flags behind that silk and throws the flags into the audience and waves them outwards. And that gets this huge reaction from the audience because there's these giant silk flags billowing through the stage. But the skill involved in that, I mean, presenting it is, is one thing. It's hard to do a presentation that's entertaining. But the skill involved in that trick is almost zero. I guarantee that I could learn how to do that in five minutes. Like, and do it just as well as he does, because all it is is throwing a flag out and, and, and then waving them outwards. And there's no, like, secret to it, really. It's clearly exactly what it is. It's just throwing out some flags into the audience. That's not to say that Elliot is not skilled. He also does incredibly hard uh, sleight of hand, but stage sleight of hand manipulations, and he is 
really very good, really very knowledgeable, and one of the best at his age in the nation, uh, and easily in the top 99% in the world. Easily, easily, easily. Uh, he's very, very skilled at what he does, and he's very good at marketing himself as well. And I do not fault him whatsoever for anything. The all the only point that I'm trying to make is that when I first saw him, I I didn't understand what it was that he was doing, and that's kind of the same way that I look at uh, competitions. I don't hate competitors and what they do. I just don't really understand what goes into that because that's not the style that I love. Um, competitions themselves, I will talk out against, but competitors and the people who make their freestyles. I might just not understand the style that they do a lot of the time and all of the nuances to it. So, but that's not to say that that's wrong at all. There is a, a lot of value in that style. And the, the, what I realized from watching Elliot's performances is that I might not have liked a lot of what he was doing. I just don't like stage magic that much. But the audiences... Every time that he would step off stage are in awe and shock. And he's doing things like the linking rings. He has some nuances where he can hand out the rings uh, so that people can make sure that there's nothing wrong with them at all. And then he immediately takes those rings that he handed out and they start linking together. So it is a very good version of the linking rings. And, uh, but it's still, at the end of the day, a linking rings routine, which is one of the like, oh, every magician knows the linking rings. Everyone's done the linking rings. But he does it very, very well, and his audiences always love it. And so that says two things. One, don't be afraid to use the classics. Even trapeze is an incredible trick to uh, to people who don't know yo-yoing, just like the, the rings are a great trick to people who don't know magic. Um, but the other thing is that uh, there, there are different styles of tricks or, or of performances. And this kind of speaks back to what David Goldrake was saying about don't focus on the trick, focus on being entertaining. As long as you are entertaining the audience, you are doing your job as an entertainer. You really are not a yo-yoer. You might think you're a yo-yoer, but you're just an entertainer. You're, you are no different from a magician or a juggler or an improviser or a comedian or a, or a motivational speaker. There are all kinds of entertainers out there, and they all have the same goals, and we all work by the same rules, which is take an audience who don't know what we do, show them what we do, and make sure that they have a good time while we show them. That's all that we do. That's it. And no matter how you do that, you are, uh, you are succeeding as an entertainer. If that is going and doing really, really hard tricks, you might not entertain them. Honestly, they might go and look at that and go like, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around what he's doing. This all looks really cool. And he's clearly very skilled, but I don't really know what he's doing. But if you instead go up and you do like a comedy act and you're really funny, if you're really, really funny and, uh, and maybe you have like, I don't know, add magic into yo-yoing. I'm actually, oh, I have, I have some coming up with magic and yo-yoing that I, I'm very excited about that I figured out this week. But anyway, I'll, I'll talk more about that in a few months or years if I, if I fully flesh it out. Uh, but anyway, there, so add whatever it takes, add staging, add a character, add scripting to your yo-yoing and do whatever it takes to entertain your audience. Now, one other thing is Elliot, I've given him feedback before. And as any performer knows, you get feedback from a lot of places. Elliot has specifically said to me, be careful who you get your feedback from. 
And that's something that I've known for a long time, but it's something that he's kind of brought back and I've heard him tell to me as well as other people. And what that means is Elliot got some really good advice from David Goldrick, who is a professional Las Vegas illusionist, who, like, Elliot is at the top of his game for his age range, but Goldrick is at the top of the game. Everyone wants to be a Vegas magician if you're a magician. That's the top. That's the winning the World Yo-Yo Contest is getting your own show in Vegas. So, uh, so Elliot was, I got to see David give feedback to Elliot which was taking an illusion that I thought was amazing, and he added all these little nuances and subtleties that made it look so much more real and so much better. And uh, clearly, Elliot's going to take what he said to heart and implement those things because they're they're truly helpful things. And he, David Goldreich is someone who clearly knows what he's talking about. Now, on the other hand, someone like me, I've given Elliot a lot of notes and... Uh, a lot of times he, he won't take them. And I, I'm completely okay with that because I don't do his style of performing. I haven't done all the performances that he has and I do close-up when I do perform. So I'm rarely, I, I, we're kind of in totally different fields. Uh, and so with that said, be careful who you take your, your advice from and be very selective and don't go out and just get advice from any old person. If someone tells you, oh, you're doing your wrist mount wrong or something, or they go, oh, that doesn't look very good. Even me, like I talk out against competitions. That doesn't matter. Form your own opinions. Uh, think for yourself. You know this. I don't need to tell you this. You don't need someone to tell you to think for yourself. That's out of the spirit of the, of the thing, out of the spirit of thinking for yourself. Um, so anyway, point point is, be careful where you get your feedback from. When you get it from a reliable source, take it and use it and implement it. But if you get it from anyone else, feel free to just ignore it completely. You don't have to follow anyone's advice. Do whatever you love. Follow your own passions. Um, and yeah, that's that's just about all that I have to say about my week at the castle. It was it was an amazing experience, and I'm so happy that I got to do it. And I'm so thankful to Elliot. Elliot, if you're listening, thank you so much. David and Pop and uh, and Arthur and Gabriella, who was also there, uh, another magician. She was performing with Elliot. Um, and oh, who else did I meet? There was Matt. There was Sean. There was Day. There was uh, uh, oh, I'm for, uh, Nathaniel. Everybody who I talked to, Jeff Kaler, everybody who I met. And I'm fully also name dropping when I'm doing that, but I also just I feel like I, I I'm allowed to do that. Those were some amazing people who I've wanted to meet for so long. And I'm so excited to hopefully get to have a relationship with them and then use what I learned from them to make this podcast better and make the yo-yo community better. There's so much that we can learn from the magic community, and I hope that I can be an ambassador between those two worlds. God, this was a great week. Um once again. I'm sorry if my voice is raspy, if I was clearing my throat. I know that's gross. Um, I hope that I can be better soon and uh, and be back to making episodes. But uh, feel free. Let me know what you think about this episode. Um, you can always reach me at my Instagram, Toys at I-L-I-N-X underscore T-O-Y-S. This podcast um, means a lot to me. And it would mean a lot to me if you would do me the honor of sharing this podcast with any yo-yoer that you know, uh, even any magician or any performer that you know. Um, 
And one last thing is, it doesn't matter if you listen to this podcast. If you don't then take what you learned and apply it. I know I'm going to be applying what I learned this week from the castle. And I wanted to take the tips of those icebergs that I learned and hand those off to you so that you can use them and think on them. And uh, if you don't apply them, then there's no point in listening. Don't even bother listening. If you're not going to take anything, any any one thing even, and, and really give it some thought, it's always, always best to, to take knowledge out there and apply it and don't get any benefit if you don't apply it. And I'm, I'm sure I'm only talking to like a few people here. I, I'm sure most of the people know this. But, um, you know, if you go to school and you don't apply what you learn, then you're going to lose it. So if, if you're listening to this podcast to learn, then you need to be applying it or it's just going to fall out of your head. So make notes, uh, share the podcast. I thank you so, so much for listening. And I hope to see some incredibly entertaining, incredibly different and unique yo-yoing come out through the next few years. I thank you so much for being a listener and a subscriber and adding this and following it and rating it on your favorite podcasting app. And I hope to see you again next time. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing someone. Jo oh, I'm going to be interviewing Josh Yee coming up soon. So I hope to see you then. Talk to you later. Goodbye.